1: The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. You're listening to
0: an Irreverent podcast. Visit irreverent.fm for more content from our amazing lineup of creators. Welcome to Straight White American Jesus. My name is Brad Onishi, faculty at the University of San Francisco. Our show is hosted in partnership with the CAP Center, UCSB, and I have two return guests who are back and they're back together, which is amazing. They're, they're joining me uh, in a dual interview, which is fantastic, and that is Dr. Jill Hicks-Keaton and Dr. Kevin Kincannon. So thanks to both of you for coming back to Straight White American Jesus. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: Happy to be here. So we're here to talk about your fantastic new book, and that is, Does Scripture Speak for Itself? The Museum of the Bible and the Politics of Interpretation. And friends, if you don't remember, uh, when I've talked to both of these folks, let me just tell you about them briefly. Jill Hicks-Keaton is Associate Professor of Religious Studies at the University of Oklahoma, the author of Arguing with a Seneth, I always say that wrong, Arguing with a Seneth, Gentile Access to Israel's Living God and Jewish Antiquity. And Kevin Kincannon is associate professor of religion at the University of Southern California, the author of Profaning Paul, which came out just last year. Also the author of Assembling Early Christianity, Trade Networks, and the Letters of Dionysus of Corinth. You all have done something amazing, which is you you both are people who study the Bible, and you took yourself out of the textual world and went into the world of the Museum of the Bible, which is in Washington, D.C., and is something that if you don't know, friends, I, I imagine many of you listening do. The Museum of the Bible is a particular uh, (laughs) enterprise, as we're going to get into, done by white evangelicals. And so it's not part of the Smithsonian. It's not part of the kind of official matrix of certain institutions in D.C. that you might be familiar with and you might have visited when you were there. The Museum of the Bible is really something kind of set apart in in very particular ways. And we're going to talk about how and why that is here in a second. So I want to just be fully transparent and say when I tried to send Jill and uh, Kevin the link to this, I sent them um, a web page about the Trinity. And so uh, I want to say publicly that was not me being passive aggressive and telling the biblical scholars that they needed to learn some theology if they wanted to talk about uh, modern things. That was me being uh, just totally busy and sending people links to the Trinity, apparently. So. Uh, I'll just put that out there. All right, y'all, so let's let's talk about this. um uh, this is really the, the the material for the last chapter of the book, but I, I want to kind of talk about it first. The Museum of the Bible is funded by a certain group of people and a certain family, and I, I wonder if if Jill, you could just kind of help us understand like who are the people that kind of put up the the money the, the uh, enormous sums of money to make the museum of the Bible happen.
1: The Museum of the Bible is an institution that was founded and funded by a famous white evangelical family, the Greens, who are based here in the state that I currently call home, Oklahoma. They're the owners of the craft store chain of Hobby Lobby, and uh, they were the the family who were involved in the Supreme Court case about Obamacare, and they won the right not to pay for patients.
0: So the Green family are are many people listening will be very familiar with them. And I guess one of the the follow up question is really, you know, for either of you, what um, I, I think people can guess. But I'm just wondering if you have some kind of insight into like, what's their motivation? Why spend millions and millions and millions of dollars on a very high publicity thing like the Museum of the Bible? I mean, there's been some controversies. There's been some scandals. It's not like this has left them unscathed. And so any ideas to, you know, why they would want to do this, this kind of project?
1: Well, let me tell you something that we're excited about that we do in this book that is different from our previous writing on the Museum of the Bible, which is that we're actually not as interested in interrogating the motivations of the Greens as locating the Museum of the Bible in a long history of white evangelical institution building that promotes and publicizes a certain kind of Bible.
2: Todd, so, one of the things that we do in chapter one, for, for example— is we look at examples of how the consensus, but both theological as well as social and political, uh, that we associate with white evangelical Christianity. We, we all kind of associate white evangelical Christianity with a certain set of demographics, a certain set of beliefs, a certain set of political postures. How those um, those. The, the notion of white evangelicalism is actually the result of institution building that goes back over a century, uh, primarily by white industrialists who pumped money into building all sorts of things that then amplify and resonate uh, and add to and combine together to form white evangelical theology and, and, and white evangelicalism as, a, as an entity. And the Greens are just sort of a, a more recent manifestation of that. And the Museum of the Bible... Has grafted itself very cleanly into this apparatus that includes things as diverse as Biola University or the Moody Bible Institute or the publication of the fundamentals in the early part of the 20th century, um, radio networks, television networks, all sorts of podcasting (laughs) venues. So there's a whole network of institutions that have largely been funded by very conservative white Christians. That continue to exist even after their funders have gone, because that puts them into a position of being stable. And that network continues to develop and develop. And that's something that people don't tend to pay attention to when we're talking about white evangelicalism as a phenomenon. Thanks for listening to this free
0: preview of our Swag episode. In order to get access to the full episode and so much more, become a straight white American Jesus premium subscriber by clicking the link in the show notes. I promise.